And while you're um, taking your seats, why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm wide awake. (laughs) Now turn to the other one and say even louder, I'm wide awake. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. That's more for my benefit than it is um, for yours. As you know, my wife, Dee, uh, and that's important, is pregnant. And now there's only nine weeks, 63 days left to go. Oh my goodness, I can't believe where the time has gone. And at the moment, Dee's body clock is all over the place, possibly in preparation for, for feeding times and that. And You know, she's getting up at silly hours, uh, o'clock in in the morning. And because I'm a a loving husband, a light sleeper, I'm up with her too. You know, uh, Saturday morning, we were up half three in the morning, downstairs in the living room, watching a a film together. You know, it was really emotional, so so it didn't help. I was more wrecked uh, after that. Yesterday, this morning, it was was 2.30 a.m., and the baby's not even here yet. Lord, help me. Help me. Please pray for us. Pray especially for me that I, uh, that I, that I'm a, I become a heavy sleeper. <laughs> I'm just, no, please pray for me. I will receive that gift in Jesus' name. Please pray that I become a heavy sleeper. And then for all you parents out there with babies, you know, I, I salute you. I admire you. I respect you. I sympathize with you. Lack of sleep is is your cross to bear, isn't it? Or so you think. We're going to come to that uh, a little bit later. But if you have a Bible with you this morning, we're going to dive straight in. Turn to Matthew 16. Matthew 16 and and verse 24. Keep your finger there. Matthew is the first book in the New Testament, in the second half uh, of the Bible. And we're continuing today in this series, The Things I Wish... Jesus never said. And the words Jesus does say in these verses are challenging. But guys, they're they're for our best. And before we even go any further this morning, you've already heard that Jesus always has the best for you. His best and your best may be two different things though. And you need to hear that from the outset. See, life's not always fair, but God is always faithful. And we have a promise from him that he is always with us. Even in our toughest times, we have a purpose through our pain. And in fact, your pain often reveals God's purpose. See, Paul, the apostle Paul, says it like this. God comforts us all in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. For when we ourselves are comforted, we certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same thing. And that's from 2 Corinthians 1, verses 4 to 6. See, Paul, the Apostle Paul, knew persecution and pain. But through it, his purpose was incredible. He shared the gospel to the Gentile nations. And then he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. See, it may be the the very thing that you hate most in your life. God wants to use for good in your life. And if you feel broken this morning, I've already said it, I want you to know that there is nothing broken that God can't fix. And I want to come back to that a little later on. 
So you should have got to Matthew 16 by now. But before we read those verses, I want to give you some background in the, in the earlier chapters. See, the, the disciples, they've been with Jesus for some time now. They've listened to his amazing teaching. They've witnessed Jesus perform many miracles. Miracles from feeding thousands with hardly any food, walking on water, making the lame walk, healing lepers, restoring sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf, even raising the dead. That's just your normal, everyday stuff for Jesus. It was exactly that, normal, everyday stuff. And that's because there's nothing broken that Jesus can't fix. See, Peter, one of Jesus' closest friends and disciples, he's been there with Jesus for most of this time. He's even experienced a, a bit of walking on water himself. And it's Peter who confesses that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this is a huge moment just in the passages we're about, just before in the passages we're about to read. It's a huge moment and Jesus acknowledges it. But it's not too long before Peter Peter, the one who puts his foot in it, does it again. And Jesus knows here, he knows his time on earth is coming to an end. And he's been preparing his disciples for that. But in this chapter, it all gets serious. You see, Jesus is faced from this moment on, is fixed on Jerusalem, where he has to go to suffer and be killed. And it's here in, in this moment that Peter puts his foot in it. He speaks out, he shouts out, heaven forbid, Lord, that this will happen to you. Jesus replies, get behind me, Satan. A little bit harsh. You are a hindrance, one translation puts it, a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. See, Peter, from just moments earlier, having that wow moment, goes to a how moment. He gets a harsh rebuke. And there's two things that we can learn from this, I believe. And they are that sometimes pain is really for a purpose. See, Jesus chose to endure the cross for a greater purpose. That's for you and for me. And the other one, and I really believe this is from the Holy Spirit this morning and is for someone. Who or what is your hindrance to you and your walk with Jesus? Who or what is stopping you, stepping into all that God has for you? Remember the who might we mean well. Peter was Jesus's closest friend. But, but if you've been told that you can't do something because it's too risky, someone's trying to contain you or, or getting you to stay comfortable in your faith, then you may have to give them a, a pow moment. <laughs> You really have to weigh this up, weigh it up, take it on, um, because some advice is great advice. Some advice is even godly advice, and you need to listen, that, to, listen to that. But at the same time, this morning, I felt that that was a, a word for someone. Be aware of a hindrance. Be aware of something or someone that is fully stopping you, stepping in to all that God has for you. And that brings us to the verses we're focusing on this morning. Matthew 16, 24 to 26 say this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, 
Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? I want to pray right here that God will add his blessing to his word and bring revelation to us. See, there's three things here we, we tend to focus on when it comes to being a disciple, a follower of Christ from verse 24. And they are to deny self, to take up our cross, and then to follow him. But guys, Jesus starts with something totally different. He starts with something else. He says, whoever wants. Another translation says, desire. Whoever desires to be my disciple. See, it all begins with desire. In fact, everything begins with desire. There'd be no progress in the world without a desire for improvement. A desire for something drives you. It motivates you. Everything starts with a desire. And when you have a desire, a, a strong feeling of wanting, of, of yearning, a, a thirst for and wasn't it Jesus himself who said, if anyone is thirsty, then let them come to me. See, when you have your heart set on something, when you have a desire, you're likely to achieve it. Jesus says that we're to desire him first, to love him above all else. And it's only through Jesus that our desire, our fulfillment in life is met. So we need to desire him first. Check your desire for him because that will determine how you follow him. And it's only when we desire him that we're told to do the next three things. Next three things are impossible if we don't desire him first. And I want to spend a little time looking at what Jesus said, even if we wished he hadn't done so. And they are to deny self, to lay something down. Number two, to take up your cross, to pick something up. And then number three, to follow him, to live something out. Number one, lay something down. Deny self. See, after desire, after it, starting with that, it all gets a, a little bit tougher when Jesus says you have to deny self. And that word deny, it means to disown. It's a strong word. It means to separate yourself from someone else. The same word is used in scripture when Peter denied Jesus. He publicly disowned that he even knew him. And if we want to follow Jesus, then we have to disown some stuff. Have to publicly disown it. We have to deny selfish living. That means to deny, to deny self-importance, to deny self-indulgence, to deny self-will, to deny self sufficiency. It's about coming to a point in your life and saying, you know what? It's not about me. It's all about you. But unfortunately, a lot of, for a lot of people, it is still all about them. See, it's the opposite of independence, which is total dependence. It's realizing you're not in the driving seat, but he is. It's about surrender. It's about laying your life down and living it out for him. And I've been on a, a massive journey with this over the last few weeks or so. 
you know, before August, went on holiday. Um, and, and if I'm honest, and I want to be totally honest and, and authentic here this morning, I, I, was in a, I was in a bad place. You know, it may look good up here on stage, and, but my life was a, a bit of a mess. You know, I'd gone cynical, I'd, I'd gone judgmental, tired out with, with people. And I went on holiday, and I said, God, break me. I don't want to go back the same as I was before. I can't go back the same as I was before. I can't, I can't do it. Uh, and as I did that, as I started to speak to, to God again during that time, something started to change within me. And then not long, of, not long after our holiday in, in Northern Ireland, I'm back for a couple of days, and, and we go out to Albania. Um, it's a place where I've been a, a number of times, and and this time I went with Leon, and it was so good just being able to spend some time with Leon and the senior pastor. We don't get to do that much here. But as I saw some of these young guys who, who I've helped lead to Christ, who, do you know what I mean? I've, I've just seen that fire in them. They were, they were there, and they were serving, and they were praising God in the church with no cynicism, cynicism no judgmentalism at all. It was, it was just incredible to see and. And I caught something there. Something started to happen. And then not long back from Albania, we as a staff team went to, to Northern Ireland to, to Causeway Coast Vineyard. And it was just great to, to go there as a team and to see their team um, um, just help us learn from what God is doing in their church. You know, their authenticity and their heart for their city was incredible. And they were just really open and and just gave of, of what God was doing um, through them and, and in their church. And on a Tuesday, the second day that they were there, there was an opportunity to go out uh, onto the streets um, just to share your faith. And I'm in the team there, and a question was asked, does anybody want to go out? And my hand just shoots up. I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm signed up. And then we, we start to, to go out, and Mark Marks was, was leading that. Mark Marks is, is the, the one who pioneered healing on the streets, or HOTS, as it's known. He started that in Coleraine. It's been going for 11 years. They've seen thousands of people come to, come to Christ and, and witness so many healings. And, and I'm out with him, and, and we get about 45 minutes. It's not a, a great deal uh, of time. But he said, guys, just go for it. I haven't got time to, to give you a, a lesson in this. Just go and ask three questions. So I'm saying, okay, what are the questions? And he says, well, the first question is just say to them, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a waste of a question. Do you know what I mean? I want to get straight in there. The first question is, can I ask you a, a question? But guys, that opened up quite a lot. The second question was, if God could do one miracle for you now, what would it be? And again, that that opened up so much stuff in people from my wife is just dead. I wanted to be here right now. My son died 15 years ago. I'm still hurting as a result. Can God fix that healing? You know, when we prayed, that was an opportunity then when people shared it was an opportunity not for fancy answers because I haven't got any. It was an opportunity just to pray. And then after the third question was, what do you think is the greatest miracle God can do? And obviously then you, you talk about salvation and the free gift of eternal life and what Jesus has done on the cross for them. And during that time, during that 45-minute period, I spoke to seven people, had one total rejection 
One guy said, no, can't ask me a question, don't talk to strangers. So I went, hi, my name's Simon. That didn't work either. But um, he did say, I did say, what can I ask you, what, what one miracle would God do? And he said, I'm playing golf this afternoon. Make sure my wife gets my tea on the table when I'm back. Whoa, okay then. So that was his thingy. But then out of those seven people, we got the privilege of praying with four people. One totally rejected it. Some stories we shared with but didn't want prayer. But out of those seven people, I led one person to Christ right there, right then on the streets of Northern Ireland, which was just incredible. And I went back that afternoon and, and the afternoon continued and I'm buzzing a little bit. God's doing some incredible stuff. And just before we leave, there's an, there's an opportunity um, for their team just to pray for us guys and anybody who wants to receive. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, God, I, I want prayer. <laughs> I need prayer. God, he's still doing stuff in me. And then this young guy, as I'm sitting down, he, he came over to me and he laid his hand on me. And he's, he's an intern. He was an intern there. And guys, I just want to say I'm so thankful for, for what this church is doing with interns. You know, it's a, it's a real blessing seeing people step up and, and step, step out. I want you to know everyone is valuable in this church. Everyone is valuable in this church. But we've got to keep the kingdom of God going. And this intern came over to me, laid his hand on me, and he prayed. And he said these words, which I won't forget. He said, God is going to do something so deep in you that it will go wide out of you. And I only remember that prayer because as a staff team, we uh, read a book by Andy Stanley called Deep and Wide. It was our Bible for, for a couple of months. We referred to it lots and it's changed some of the ways we, we do church. Something is going to happen so deep in you that it will go wide out of you. And I'm like, Lord, I want that. I'm desperate for that. And then Mark Marks come over and, and prayed for me. And I don't remember a word he said. He laid hands on me and I'm on my knees, just crying, shaking. The, the Holy Spirit has just invaded my life again for the lost. He's given me a, a renewed passion um, just to see people come to know him. And I've been wrecked ever since. Every day since then, it's been about two and a half weeks now. My prayer time in mornings, devotional times, I'm just, a, I'm just a wreck. I'm just on my knees crying before God. He's really breaking me, but, but fixing me um, the way he, he wants to. Uh, and I thought it was D that was supposed to be uh, hormonal. <laughs> you know, in just two weeks of coming back, two and a half weeks coming back, I've seen a few people come to faith. I've seen people filled with his spirit. And I've seen healing and people totally change. I've seen more in the last two and a half weeks than, than I have in the last couple of, year, of the years. You know, I can't contain what's going on inside of me when I'm around people that don't know God. And I want to be honest here. I, I, used, I admit I used to be a bit boastful. I think it was that. I'd really be excited. But when someone come to Christ, you know, I have the privilege of leading that. I'm like, yes, do you know what I mean? I'll be, yes, that person's come to, one person's come to Christ. Two people, this week when, this last couple of weeks when that's happened, I've been more broken than ever. I've been more broken because there is so many more that need to know Jesus. And guys, this hasn't been in the church. This has been out on the streets. I'm not doing anything. It's nothing of me. I'm just simply saying, how are you doing? And people are really opening up. 
One guy was in a, I was in a gym, in the steam room. That's never happened to me before. We were in a steam room. I'd been weight training with him. I know the guy, obviously. We'd been building a relationship. And I'd been away, obviously, over the August. I'm like, how's your summer been? And he broke down. Won't share on the podcast because it's personal. But he's like, just this is going on in my life. And I didn't have any words. I'm just trying to pray for you. And I can't remember what I said. But in that moment, I was speaking words into his life. He was like, how do you know that? Um, what you said there just meant everything to me. And right there and then, he's like, I need Jesus. I need to know the Jesus that you follow. I want what you've got. But guys, it's, it's nothing of me. And I just hope, you know, it continues. I prayed a real prayer. I said, God, break me. And I believe that if you're honest with God, he will do that. See, Jesus said he's close to the brokenhearted. It goes on to say that, 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 that those that are broken, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And guys, all I'm doing is introducing them to that kingdom. It's mine and your responsibility. See, but what happens? You know, we, we get in church uh, and if the enemy can't break you, he'll busy you or distract you. He'll mess with your identity. He'll keep you low. He'll keep you down. See, what happens is in church, we tend to believe in the father of lies rather than the father of love. But guys out there on the streets, they've had enough of the father of lies. They're fed up of him and they're looking for the father of love. Guys, it's game on. We need to introduce those people to the father of love. But it comes from having that brokenness and being broken for what God wants to do. You know, I can't fully articulate still yet what God's doing in me because he's still doing it. But why I've, why I've shared that is because I, I don't want myself to get in the way of what God is doing. There's loads of things that I have to deny, loads of things that I have to let go and be stripped of so that God has his way. Things like low self-esteem, you need to get rid of that as well as cynicism and all that judgmental stuff. You need to get rid of the other stuff, self-consciousness, a lack of self-confidence. Deny it all. Get rid of it. It's not yours to carry. And I'm thankful that my prayer was answered. And God broke me. It's the best thing that has ever happened to me. See, brokenness is completeness in the kingdom of heaven. Deny self and see what God can do. I want to encourage you all to pray that prayer. God, break me. Number two is pick something up, take up your cross. You know, in order to do this, we have to fully understand what it means. And what it doesn't mean is a problem or difficulty that you face in, lo- in life. But, but sadly, it has become that. You see, you've probably heard, or, all heard someone say, oh, well, that's just my cross to bear. And it's usually your husband or your wife or your child or that lack of sleep I mentioned earlier. But we have totally missed the point when we make it this. You see, when Jesus said to his disciples to take up their cross and to follow him, they knew exactly what he meant. Crucifixion was a Roman method of execution. They'd have got the seriousness of what Jesus was asking them to sign up to. They'd have understood that it meant true commitment, total sacrifice, and even death. 
And this is why Jesus had to rebuke Peter when he cried out, heaven forbid that that happens to you, Lord, that you would die. You see, by Peter saying that Jesus didn't have to die, it would have meant a, a crossless Christianity. And a crossless Christianity is no Christianity. You see, Jesus knew the, the cost involved. And that cost came in the shape of a cross where he gave his life for you and for me. Taking up your cross means that you know the cost and that you'll embrace his will for your life no matter what. Number three, moving on because of time. Live something out. Follow me. The Greek word for this is akalotheo. Akalotheo. It means to walk the same road as someone else. We're to follow Jesus' footsteps and we're to follow the example he set so much that we become like him. It's a lifelong journey. See, when you accept the invitation to follow Jesus, you're not saying his top priority in your life. You're making him the only priority in your life. You see, your desire has to lead to devotion. And this is shown out in how you authentically follow him. Jesus invites us to go where he is going and to be a part of what he's doing. He will always lead the way. But the question is, are we prepared to follow? I love, I love how the message translates Matthew 16, verse 24. It says this, and it should come up on the screens. Then Jesus went to work with his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. So I want to ask you some questions this morning. Who's in the driving seat of your life? Who's really leading it? And how are you following? I want to invite the the band to to come back up. See, the paradox of following Jesus is, is played out in verse 25 where it says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. You have to let go of your life, guys, to fully live. It's here in in this moment. I wonder if you'd join with me. I wonder if we could pray. Let's, Let's close our eyes. Father, it's all about desire. It has to start with you, Father God. And and as we walk with you, it's a a fully devoted life of following you. We will never experience all you have for us until you have all we are. And Father, I want to pray that prayer right now. Father God, that you will have all of us so that we'll experience all you are. You know, what is it? What is it you need to lay down today? What is it you need to deny? Could it be self-reliance? You've stopped trusting God. What about self-sufficiency? You've stopped needing God. Or maybe this morning that you've lost your desire. You want it back. 
but you're broken. And you've been broken for so long now that you don't know how to get it back. But this morning, I want you to know that there's nothing broken that God can't fix. He wants to fix you, put you back together, but also give you that desire again. The desire that you first had. No longer will you need to go through the motions. No longer will you have to struggle. There's nothing broken that God can't fix. Maybe this morning you're here and you're here for the, for the first time. You've never given your life to Jesus. But today you've realized, realized you need to. You need him. And that's not because anything I've said. It's because of what the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. Right now he's letting you know how loved, how, how valued you are, how precious your life is. But at the same time, he's letting you know that there's so much more to come. That this is just the beginning. But you need to surrender. You need to lay something down. And your heart, your heart may be rising, rising right now. Your, your body tingling. There, there may be tears. That's okay. I've been in floods of them for weeks. Just God gently showing you how much he, he really loves you. How much he wants to overwhelm you. If that's you for the first time, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. If you're sensing something, if you've never fully given your life this morning, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity. God wants to fix what's been broken in your life. God wants to put it back together. But it starts with us laying something down. It starts with us first desiring him. So guys, is there anyone here this morning? Anyone here this morning that, that just feels they, they need to let go? They've had enough of doing it their own way. It's not getting you anywhere anyway. You decided to, to give Jesus a go. When you raise your hand, raise your hand right now and just say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I want you. Lord, I desire you. Thank you. You can. It's awesome. You can put your hands down. It's great. A few went up there, which is incredible. And I'd love to, to speak to you straight after the service. But right now, I want to pray for you. Father God, I want to thank you just for that real response this morning, for that openness. Father, I pray that you would just meet them now. Holy Spirit, would you just fill their life? Would you flood them? Would you overwhelm them, Father God, with your love, with your grace, Father God, with your mercy? Father, may they know that they are forgiven, that they are loved, that they are valuable. And Father, right now, their trajectory, their journey has changed. They're on a new path. Father God, living for you and your kingdom. Father, meet them, change them. Father, I pray through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Then for others, I believe there's still some responses. You know, you, you need to deny something this morning. Something that's been weighing you down, struggling with. Let it go. Deny it. It's for your benefit. Some of you 
You've got a hindrance. You know what that is. That word was for you. Get over it. <laughs> Jesus was harsh. It may be a, a pang moment. But it's all for your benefit. Because it's all really for his glory. So Father God, I want to pray for every single person in here. Father God, whether they need to, to lay something down. Father God, whether they need to deny stuff, the, the bad stuff and the insecurity stuff. Father, may they let it down. May they let it go, Father God. And I want to pray for all of us that would actively, Father, pick up our cross, that would take it up, that would carry it, that would get serious about this because it's serious business. And then, Father God, I pray for everyone that would live it out. Father, that would follow you authentically. That would be releasing, Father God, of, of what you've imparted in us. And guys, next week, Leon is going to speak, and it's important about being a gathered community, but we're also to be a, a scattered community. So please join with us next week. It's going to be incredible. But Father, right now, I want to thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for meeting us. Uh, and Holy Spirit, we're not done yet. We're going to worship uh, and sing and, and give you all the glory that you deserve. We're going to finish by singing a song. And, and if you've been a Christian for any length of time, you've probably sang this song for a hundred times or, or more. Hosanna in the highest. It's an incredible song. But this morning... I want you to sing it as if you're singing it for the first time. Those words are incredible. One part of the song, it says, break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom cause. And when we're truly broken, we'll really see revival because brokenness is completion in the kingdom of heaven. So guys, let's stand. We're gonna worship, um, yeah. Let's praise God. Let's give him everything he deserves.